Women's Power to Heal Mother Earth I am Maya Tewari If we surrender to Earth Intelligence, we will rise up rooted like trees. A quote from Rena Marie Rilke I remember while hovering over the majestic Tipui in Guyana, South America, I heard a subtle shimmering sonic nuance that has been since influencing my words, expression, humor, and sense of joy. The profound rainbow aura of the untraveled lands of the Pimon Aborigines catapulted me into my breath force. I reflected on the breath, on the word, on the vibration of the goddess, and could hardly wait to begin scribing my journeys with her. From the impressionable age of four, I recall having heard my father's mellifluous voice chanting Sanskrit mantras. As I grew up, I was fascinated by his oratory prowess, his use of words, and his love for inspirational communion. He bowed to the presence of the Supreme Goddess. His forebears were the Vedic seers, and they received their mission and inspiration from none other than the Goddess. They shared their powerful insight into why the spoken word that comprises sheer vibration is of unparalleled importance to abundance, happiness, and health of humanity. In the Vedic culture, we have Vak as the Vedic goddess that personifies speech. It is her voice, her expression, that is channeled through the cosmic vibration, which in turn influences and inspires poets and visionaries in human form. She is considered the mother of the Vedas. She is the originator of the cosmic sound. And Sanskrit, by the way, was patterned after the anatomy of cosmic sound. So it is not a language like the languages we use to communicate with each other. It is called Devanagari, and that is the language of the divinities or gods and goddesses. The oldest of the Vedas, the Rig Vedas, tells us, When uttering words which no one comprehend, Vak, queen of gods, the Gladna, was seated. The heavens' four regions drew forth drink and vigor from her. Thomas Merton's timeless words, Guard the image of men, and I say women, for it is the image of the God, and I say goddess. Women, goddesses, and girls, remember, you are Vak. Your word is your shield. Truth is your most effective weapon. It is your 
goddess body. Let us call upon this body, the earth's body, the earth's intelligence, all of which is replenished only by our love, the mother love it is called. That is the Shakti energy, our primordial feminine energy, that witnesses and heals the womb of creation and the heart of humanity. As earth conduits, we must continually replenish the nourishment, the wisdom, the joy, sustenance that we receive from earth's blessings through her profound extremities. This is no small gift to us. And as we recharge it and reconcile, reconcile it into that which serves our earth and our humanity, we will all be better off for it. Pilgrimages have always soothed the soul because it strips away the excesses. You have to work to get to your destination. And the journey itself is far more priceless than even the realized prayers. As I was about to embark on my last pilgrimage to the Himalayas some years ago, I was at a very low ebb of health from the continuous stream of poisoning by the covert forces I'd mentioned earlier, had catapulted me once more into the sublime space of floating in light, almost with a weightless body. This time in the Himalayas would prove to be a most transformative time. I was having many out-of-body visions. In a dream I saw a velvety veil of purple purple twinkling lights that lined the skies. It was pre-dawn in a high desert. My guru, Swami Dhananda, walked stealthily up the steep and arid hill and waited for me to catch up to him. As I bowed in greeting to touch his lotus feet, I noticed another pair of beautiful male feet strapped in handmade leather sandals standing beside him. I looked up. The purple lights funneled into a spotlight shining all around him. Slowly I stood up, squinting. The light had formed an orb framing the newcomer's face. Bit by bit his face became clear like a Polaroid developing. It was the Christ. His body soaked in translucent, translucent white light. He turned to my teacher and bid him forward to fo toward the lower hills. I was not invited to join them. My heart fell. I cried, what about me? He stopped turned slightly to meet my eyes and responded in a low, resonant voice. You go and tend to Mother Earth. I thought, what a stunningly typical masculine commandment. I stirred and awoke from a deep sleep. The purple haze 
was still present in my room. Tend to Mother Earth. I've reflected on my long sojourn with being poisoned by chemical and nuclear warfare here in the United States and elsewhere. This not only happened at the global level through wars and large-scale terrorism, but its immoral usage has escalated into covert targeting of the individual. In the present time, chemical terrorism is a serious threat to the security of humanity and our Earth. More than 70 different chemicals or mixtures of chemicals have been used or stockpiled as agents for the purpose of chemical warfare during the 20th century. The use of poisonous chemicals from plants extract to poison individuals is widely documented throughout history. Poison was considered in ancient times and was used by ancient tribes and civilization not only as a hunting tool to ensure the death of their prey or enemies, but as poison and the science of poisoning grew and became more advanced. Many of these ancient peoples began forging weapons designed specifically for poison enhancement. The history of poison stretches back before 4500 BCE or 4500 BCE to present day. Poisons have been used for many purposes across the span of human existence, most commonly as weapons, antivenoms, and medicines. In the ancient earth medicine systems of Ayurveda and Chinese medicine, certain Poisons, which the Tao refers to as Du, were utilized in ways that can promote either death or life. Howbeit, it was not until the expansion of industrial chemistry in the 19th century that mass production and deployment of chemical war- warfare agents in war became the possibility. The first known use of the German gas attack with chlorine was in April in 1915 in Belgium. Taking recent technological advances into consideration, easy access to raw materials, the readily available technical information on the internet, increasing crimes and corruption, and state-sponsored terrorism and globalization. It is not difficult for terrorists to use chemical weapons agent to achieve their inhumane goals. In the meantime, the primary recipient of this gigantic, impossible to recycle pile of toxic swill is, of course, Mother Earth. I reflected on the endless revolution of violence foisted upon her, dumped on her, bludgeoned, raised, and yet she rises each time, a quintillion times she rises, rebalancing, restoring her earth. In each rising she keeps on and keeps up with her massive internal cleansing, gutting, purging, discharge, outbreak, an infinite cycle of crisis, an infinite cycle of her sacrifices. Goddess, Mother, Shakti, Earth. Even 
The greatest measure of personal pain is not a scintilla in the ocean that is the earth's burden. The Christ vision along with his instructions opened my eyes to this inimitable truth that by shifting my perspective to see my pain as sharing the earth's burden, I was also able to bear my grief and purpose. My pain and grief were no longer personal, as they became more empathetic to Mother Earth's grievances. I was able to breathe again. Each one of our grief, distress, despair, however humongous it may be, is but a speck of what the Great Mother is carrying at every given moment. I do not give the Earth my sorrows and suffering. I bear it, knowing that she carries all of the humongous weight of her Earth. Too many zeros on this kilogram weight, so let us just say gigantic weight. In this way, I deepen my sorority to her destiny, hoping it might relieve some bits of the crisis and chaos humanity has delved her. The Christ Directive has helped me to fathom the unfathomable violence and hatred I have been enduring, and now feeling privileged to endure. As women, we are called to the blessing of the broken. Our hearts continually broken, trust continually betrayed, truth continually quashed. These are the harsher reality of our Shakti liberality. We are asked to, be to befriend these predictable circumstances and in this way we learn and relearn our strength. This is part of our inherent power of Shakti. As this power becomes awakened in you and me, we can become agnate to the evolutionary lessons of living and dying, resurrection and rebirth. Thank you for listening and may peace be your journey.